Welcome to the podcast Kenya. We are your hosts, Andy Davies, Clear Earnshaw and Leon Weche. We are here to discuss all things training, nutrition, health and mindset. We aim to share knowledge through our own experiences and by interviewing local and international experts in their field. Our goal is to provide education and empowerment. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast episode nine and today we're going to be talking all about the thyroid which is definitely one of my favorite topics. The clear podcast. No, no. (laughs) Well, Well mainly just because women are more likely, five to eight times more likely to have a thyroid disorder than men and so I think it's something you know that it's important that you as a client is aware of but also like if you're a male coach to be aware of because it really can impact women a lot and that's because we just have a whole lot more hormones going on and like as we'll get into it like you can't really look at the thyroid on its own like all our systems are connected um as we'll get into so yeah hope you enjoy this episode um I don't know, should we just jump right into it? Unless anyone has something really exciting to share before we start? Oh, really? No. no? About what, training or... Anything. Well, you've never had your thyroid tested, have you? Yeah, I've been... Uh, one day. Yeah, we should test <laughs> but it. But I've been thinking about it. Yeah, today, I think we were having a conversation, just those days, feeling extra tired, just... Uh, uh, yeah, I guess tired, appetite and all that. And I was just, yeah, you know, maybe wouldn't hurt to just check and know. But because all I ever do is uh, like test, uh, blood count, but never, never, never really check the thyroid. So mm. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, I always have my thyroid, when I do my bloods, I've my thyroid checked. Yeah, I it's, get... always, it's always been normal, so. Yeah. yeah, I remember the ones you shared. It was good. It's just like we were discussing before we went on. It's so expensive here. <laughs> yeah, I guess to do the full uh... like we will talk about like what to get tested. But if you're doing like a full thyroid panel plus antibodies, that's going to set you back a bit here. So often, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those order of priorities things because Clear has hers and you know thyroid's up there, and then I'm looking at mine and. You're trying to obviously. Stop throwing stuff, man. Yeah, just yeah. It just <laughs> it's like okay, where where my budget is this? So you know, my thyroid. It's like yeah, next time, and next time becomes you know. Yeah, never. no, no, that that is true. We should we should test yours. Yeah, so. um, but I guess like you know, first of all, like what is your thyroid and what does it do? It's a, a gland that's is an endocrine gland that sits. Sort of in the lower part of your neck, mm. butterfly shaped. Butterfly shaped. Yeah. And it's big. It's big. Like Andy was saying when he slaughters pigs and things. <laughs> You've seen it's a big gland. I think it's one of the biggest endocrine glands in the body, and it is the master controller of metabolism. One mm. of them. And I think for you know most people that is it's sort of you know the main interest there. But it controls many other things as well so it's yeah it's your metabolism it's your temperature it's your growth heart rate like every cell in your body has a thyroid uh, receptor so it impacts everything which i think is you know fascinating yeah that's the thing it's, it's metabolization essentially and every cell needs to be able to metabolize so produce energy breakdown you know whatever it may be it's yeah so the thyroid is constantly being used. Mm. So we've got, we'll talk about the sort of main thyroid hormones. So we have what we call free T3 and free T4. Let me see if I can say, try it. Oh gosh. I don't (laughs) (laughs) I can never say, try try iodine, thyronin, I think is T3. And then thyroxine is T4. So the these, easy one to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Thyroxine, very easy. So these are hormones made in your thyroid. And T4 is essentially an inactive thyroid hormone. It's more like a storage hormone as such. And the thyroid makes about 
80% of T4 and only 20% of T3. So T3 is the active thyroid hormone. It is what all your cells recognize and use. And that is mainly converted from the T4 in your gut and in your liver. So a little bit is made in the actual thyroid. So just remember it's made from that T4. Then you also have something called reverse T3, which is also inactive like T4. Um, and it's more of a metabolite. And we'll get into, into reverse T3 in a minute. So in your brain, you have the pituitary gland. And this makes a hormone called TSH, or thyroid stimulating hormone. And this is a negative feedback loop. So if your body senses you do not have enough of the thyroid hormones, it's going to tell your pituitary gland to produce more TSH to in turn stimulate the thyroid to produce more hormones. Once the hormone, the, T, the T4 and T3 levels are up or normal, then that, that feedback loop goes back and TSH levels drop. So that's essentially how it works. So that is your hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis. So you have, well, you might have seen, if you do blood work, you can get like total T4, mm -hmm. total T3, free T3, and free T4. So you generally want to test for free T3 and free T4, as this is what is unbound and free and what your body can use. Um, and you can see that with, you know, other, other hormones that we've talked about, testosterone before. Yeah. You generally want to test the free, because that is what your body can actually use. So that's, yeah, those are the main um, hormones of the thyroid and kind of how it works in that negative feedback loop there. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, our body is full of these loops and axes. And as I was saying earlier that, you know, you can't just look at the thyroid on its own because so much impacts it and is impacted by it such as the sex hormones, your gut health, your liver health, you know, things like that. Stress is a major one as well. And when, you, when you're thinking of women, we have so many more of the sex hormones that are going to impact the thyroid. And just as a, an example, like estrogen is actually like an antagonist to the thyroid it suppresses it, whereas progesterone, which is the dominant hormone in your luteal phase, actually you know, supports it. And that's why your metabolic rate increases in the luteal phase of your cycle by up to you know, a couple of hundred calories, which is really interesting. So throughout your cycle, you already have this interplay of your sex hormones with the thyroid. Now, if you think you've got a sex hormone imbalance, you know, that is going to majorly impact the thyroid. And it's often, you don't know if it's a case of the chicken or the egg. Like yeah. what, what has caused what? Um, so that's, I think, really interesting. Yeah, because I was thinking what, I guess, both men and women, but what would make me think like, okay, maybe it's time to check my thyroid. Well, yeah, that's a good question. So we can look into sort of some of the thyroid disorders and diseases. So the main ones are hypothyroidism, um, and that's where you're not making enough of the thyroid hormones. And you'll have primary hypothyroidism, where it's a signaling issue from the pituitary, the TSH, to the thyroid. Mm. Or you can have a secondary hypothyroidism, where it's a conversion issue of the T4 to the uh. T3. You can also have subclinical hypothyroidism. Um, so when you're hypo, some of the signs and symptoms are sort of unexplained weight gain. You're that person that always feels cold. You're experiencing a lot more hair loss or dry, brittle hair, dry skin, brittle nails, constipation. And you can have heavy, long periods um, PMS, and also high cholesterol. So those are some of the main ones. Um, so with secondary hypothyroidism, 
That is often caused by stress from extreme dieting or exercise. And I would say that's actually easier to address than a signaling issue. Mm. Um, hyperthyroidism is when you're... Uh, so before you get into hyper, yeah, sure. just between the primary and secondary, Yeah. do those look different in terms of symptoms or is the outcomes much the same? I think is there a way to tell just by symptoms, for instance, if you're at primary or you're looking at a primary or secondary case? To be honest, I'm not too sure if the symptoms are going to differ that much. Yeah, but I, the outcome, the outcome. Yeah, I think like once you've dug into someone's, you know, you've questioned them a lot, you'd be able to see quite clearly. Mm-hmm. And also, like if they were given medication, like if that is not you know necessarily working you could know if it was more of a conversion issue than a it manifest differently in bloods like when you look at things like the lsh um to be honest i don't i don't think it does um but i'm not 100 percent sure on that one so i mean you could i mean when you've got these sort of like over sort of primary hypothyroidism you know tsh is going to be pretty high so you could you could like i think with the secondary it might not show up so much in the blood work it you know you might be having it might be more linked to the subclinical hypothyroidism but you still have the symptoms Mm. of it yeah and i think if that's my initial thought when you 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 mentioned being in the pituitary i'd expect to see elevated GSH levels, which you might not get with a secondary case in the blood work, but you know, obviously not a endocrinologist, so I'm not 100 you know, sure. But that would be my initial thoughts, I think. Yeah, no, I, I would think so. And it, you know, when I mean, we can talk a bit about sort of ranges as well, and like, because subclinical is an, an interesting one. Like, I am technically subclinical, mm. <laughs> um, so it's. Yeah, I think I think that would make more sense with the sort of the secondary the secondary one, um, and I mean a big causes of hypothyroidism are autoimmune conditions such as Hashimoto's. That's the biggest cause of hypothyroidism. But like I said, it can also be sort of extreme dieting. You know, it can be um, from medications. You know, gut issues, sex hormone imbalances, things like that. Um, so then for, for hyper, when you're making too much, it's the symptoms are kind of the opposite. So you can experience weight loss. You can be very sort of anxious on edge. You can still experience hair loss. You might uh, have more diarrhea and you might experience sort of lighter periods than normal. And you can get heart palpitations too. And I've then, seen some with hyperthyroidism. Oh, okay, it's just, yeah. It's not fun because, you know, weight plummeting quite quite significantly on, mm. in some cases so it's uh, yeah yeah i think yeah, that yeah. could be quite Radiate, scary you have to have it irradiated essentially yeah i was even the treatment to it is pretty can be quite quite severe no, i was even thinking because clearly i just mentioned dieting and i know like a lot of competitors women they it's like you're dieting and i guess blood work does help but when you go hypo, then add, you know, external sources of thyroid, and I, I can only imagine. Maybe clear, we'll get to that, but it Would can't you be. You give a swing, a swing back. Like, yeah, so you like go from uh, hypo to hyper. Yeah, well, you, you, you can see that. Well, not really in dieting, but if you have Graves' disease, hmm. which is also an autoimmune condition, and that's where the thyrotropin receptors are stimulated and they make too much thyroid hormone. Um, so that's, yeah, so Hashimoto's and Graves are the autoimmune conditions of that. And even with Hashimoto's, it can, you can swing both ways mm. um, because it's essentially your thyroid is being attacked by the body. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. as it attacks it, it can release a lot of the thyroid hormones into the blood, which can make you go hyper. And then you swing to hypo. Yeah, they um, crash down. And they crash down, yeah. So it's... That's, that's crazy. So it's like... There could be a thin line between whether it's Graves or Hashimoto's. Well, it's, it's, no, not, not, not really. Uh, I'd say they're like, almost like opposites. Yeah. They're doing a similar thing, but from yeah. like different, different uh, spectrum. Yeah. So, and I mean, with, 
autoimmune conditions, they are, you can be genetically predisposed to them, but there's always an environmental factor that will kickstart it. Um, so like I have Hashimoto's and, you know, it can be kickstarted by, you know, underlying infections, COVID vaccine, having COVID, gut infections, you know, all these kinds of things. So like I said, Hashimoto's is one of the leading causes of hypothyroidism. So if you are, you know, getting tested, you need to do, you know, a full thyroid panel and often doctors will just order TSH, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone, because they'll assume if it's high, you'll be hypo. If it's low, you'll be hyper. But as we were just saying, there are these other sort of grayer areas of like subclinical where, you know, your TSH can actually be quite normal and Mm. your or it can be slightly elevated, but your free T3 and free T4 are within normal ranges. Um, you know, that's, that's what mine is. My TSH is elevated, but my free T3 and free T4 are technically within um, conventional ranges. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Is we shouldn't say normal. We should say yeah, conventional. conventional. It's a lot more yeah. markers because, as we know, even with, like, I've talked about it with testosterone and SHBG, one person's normal is not the same as another person's yeah. normal. Yeah. And what your body needs. And, you know, when we're talking about hormones, we're talking about fine balances. You know, it's, a, it's not a big thing to have a swing one way or another. Mm. You know, talking about, and I can understand why you, know, you can have normal TSH and NSH and still have, you know, hypothyroidism because, you know, that's, you know, the pituitary gland's working, signaling's working. It's just not. Yeah, you know, conversion's not happening further down the chain, yeah. the actual thyroid itself. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's 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 trying to find out, yeah, what 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 is the root cause for you for you to work on that. Um, but if you're looking if you're looking at functional ranges, you want your TSH to be between like a one and a two point five. Um, what you unit of measurement, sir? Oh, oh, gosh, sorry, hang on. I know that's not your... Uh... Well, <laughs> you have yeah. to check if it's it a UK one or... <laughs> you have to come and look at blood thing. We have different units of measurement for different things. So. Yeah, yeah, sorry, let me get the exact... Maybe it's, it's probably a good time to... So that is the... One. It's the UIUML. I think TSH is always a UIUML. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so free T3, which is the active thyroid hormone, we want... Um, between uh, like a 3.3 and a 4 around there and that is PGML sorry Andy yeah 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 no of well, course for, for people listening yeah. yeah needs to be universal already uh, yeah, it, <laughs> no, I agree with you it's just it, keep for one thing uh, yeah. I, I could get my other book where it's got both of them oh nice, nice. Oh, so and we want free t4 to be between like a one and a 1.5 and that is now ngdl yeah. <laughs> it's crazy and <laughs> reverse t3 generally want like you know i i would say like under 20 around there um and that that is also an ngdl and then if you're if you're looking at the antibodies TPO, you want sort of under thirty four. Although some people argue like under a hundred is okay. Just for context, mine were five hundred and something. Mm-hmm. That is a sign <laughs> yeah. of yeah autoimmune disease of Hashimoto's TGAB, and that should be less than a hundred. So <clears throat> I'm guessing if say it's like you've said if uh, if someone checks maybe half of the markers it can be easy to miss like if you have any any of the issues hyper hypo whether it's Hashimoto's or whatever you well you can like like often they'll just do TSH and free T4 but then you know Andrew was saying you know you're not going to pick up on if it's a conversion issue if you're not doing the free T3 and reverse T3 can also be really useful because you can see if your body is instead turning the free mm. T3 into the reverse T3. Inst- yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that is a big sign of stress. That's what happens, you know, when you are under a lot of stress. Reverse oh. T3 is a bit like SHBG in that sense. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. use it <laughs> in, alongside the other numbers to work out what's actually happening. Yeah. 
exactly. that number's elevated, it means you know T three is being converted into into that. Yeah. So cortisol suppresses the thyroid and it inhibits TSH. So as cortisol increases, it inhibits an enzyme called the 5-dehydrogenase enzyme, which is what converts you know the T four into T three. And instead, if you're new to the podcast, cortisol is the stress hormone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good one. yeah. <laughs> it's easy. It's for. It's way more important than that, but it yeah. is you know primarily known as a stress hormone. Yeah. It does help. Yeah. You know, with inflammation and such like. But yeah. Yeah. So if you've got high cortisol, you're going to have you know a suppressed thyroid, and more of that is going to be going into that reverse T three. Yeah. You know, and then like if. If someone was trying to help you, you'd be figuring out, okay, why? Where is all this stress coming from? You know, are you overtraining? You know, are you not sleeping exactly. enough? Are you, mm. you know, work? Is it, you know, yeah. emotional stress, physical yeah. stress, or yeah, mix of everything because that's yeah. what we live in nowadays. And then you know, when you're in a in a, a dieting phase, like metabolic adaptation is going to happen, whatever you do. And part of that is the downregulation of your thyroid, and in conjunction with that is leptin, which I don't think we've talked about much. Which is a mention re- it in the dieting leptin and ghrelin yeah. levels, yeah. but not in great detail. Because leptin is a very interesting hormone in in the fat cells, and it kind of it's like a, a thermostat. It kind of detects, you know, your your energy availability. So in a fat loss phase, that's going to go down. So it's going to you know, kick off that process of down-regulating your metabolism. Um, but the good thing about leptin is, you know, even after a refeed, you can restore leptin levels. Mm. Well, balance is back super quick, yeah. and this is half the issue with things like, you know, fasting or skipping meals. You know, you, you, you temporarily, you know, uh, down-regulate your leptin, leptin and yeah. ghrelin at the same time. But it's very quick at bouncing back the other way. It's very good, you know, it can very quickly, since you eat, be really high in the you know. So, you know, when you start skipping meals again and you get really hungry, and, yeah, it coincides with ghrelin that way, but anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, again, like, everything, everything is connected. So, if you are chronically dieting with no plan, no end in sight, yeah. you are seriously down-regulating your hormone, and your, sorry, your thyroids, and, you know, that can lead to hypothyroidism, Probably, you know, the secondary one. Um, well, I mean, it, and if it's extreme, it could be, you know, you could go into, I guess, the primary. Yeah. And well, that's the thing. I suppose it's what you were saying earlier. Secondary, you can manage it a lot better. You can, you know, reverse it purely by working out what your your stresses are, and then working towards, you know, recovering. Yeah, you know, recovering your cortisol levels essentially to a you mm-hmm. know, normal range, and you know having everything else and swing back around because the body is pretty good at going into some sort of homo- homeostasis with the right conditions. So you know, but what you don't want is to be there for long periods, so it becomes this primary issue. Exactly, and I mean that's where carbohydrates are really important. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you you need carbohydrates to support your metabolism, so. You know, chronic low carb dieting, you're not doing your thyroid any favors <laughs> yeah. as well, because again, that is linked to leptin. And you know, when you're, you know, when there's just not enough, that's when your body is going to be signaling, you know, to to downregulate all systems. This is why, when I'm dieting people, I plan for a longer period because I like to keep weekly refeeds, in, yeah. two days, forty eight hours of slightly higher carbs, and go lower carbs the rest of the week. Yeah, because I think people benefit from actually, you know, thyroid, you know, the extra carbohydrates and things like thyroid recovery, and mm-hmm. as well as the mental recovery to stop that stress from building up too much. Yeah, but as long as it's someone who doesn't go get this eat, you know, get like an eating mentality where they're just like watch setting an alarm for those refeed days to wake up and just smash something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. So it's a balance, but generally, I, I, that's my preferred approach. Yeah. yeah, I was just wondering, right? Maybe, maybe that's why it's very prevalent in women with the because they they get fed and uh, a lot of people sort of in quotes teach low carb diets with women, and it, it's very it's like a big deal with women eating low carb. So 
I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe there's research showing that, but it seems like. Well, you've also got to think like glucose is your brain's yeah. fuel source. Yeah, number one. And all that signaling from your pituitary to your thyroid mm, is in the brain. in the brain. So take that into account as well. Um, but the refeeds and diet breaks are going to be important strategies to, you know, keep your thyroid happy. And as women, we're generally more metabolically adaptive than men. So I think that is, you know, it's really important. And, you know, everyone will have a different carb, you know, threshold that they their body can tolerate. I'm not saying you need to be super high carb mm. at all. Just don't be keto. Um, I mean, keto has its place, but in general... You know, don't don't just cut out carbs. They have they have a purpose, and they can really help support your thyroid. Yeah. I mean, it it can be a hard one because often when you are hypothyroid, you can be insulin resistant. So you know, you've you've just got to be you've got to be careful how you manage your carbohydrates. Um, so like my blood glucose and my insulin levels are not the best. Being hypothyroid, so I haven't gone, haven't gone keto, but I do go pretty, pretty low carb considering you know I, I do train. But as in you know previous episodes, there's ways that you can manage your carbohydrates, you know, to to make your body use them more effectively. I was say, the there's things, yeah, there's a difference between no carb, low carb, mm-hmm. and even there's also on the refeed. It doesn't mean high, let's say high carb. Yeah, it just means yeah, if you've gone from a low carb. When you do a couple of days of normal carbs, you know it's, yeah. it doesn't have to be. Hey, look, we've done nothing all week. Zero, we're trying to zero carb it. Like fifty grams of carbs from just green veg all week. Let's now do three hundred grams of carbohydrates yeah. over two days. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that, you know. It's yeah, you know, it's trying to find the balance in between. And I think that's the same with everything. You know, it's because the body finding balance is trying to find approaches that are balance as well. Yeah. So looking a little bit more into, you know, how the sex hormones can affect thyroid and vice versa. So, you know, if you have estrogen dominance, that can increase something called thyroid binding globulin, which binds the thyroid hormones, pretty much making them inactive yeah. or, or converting them to reverse T3. So then that that kind of leads into a vicious circle of when you are hypothyroid now you have lower shbg the sex hormone binding globulin which means now you have you know more free estrogen so it's kind of a vicious cycle there so you know trying to uh, so often like estrogen dominance can drive hypothyroidism even hashimoto's Sorry, Andy, you broke up a bit yeah. there. Uh, are we back? We're back, yeah. Okay, yeah. phew. Okay, I think, yeah, it works, as I was saying, it works both ways, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, estrogen dominance drives hyperthyroidism, and hyperthyroidism drives estrogen dominance. And that is a balance of the body in the sense that everything's interconnected. One thing out of whack affects the other things. Yeah. One hormone somewhere not in check will cause a knock-on effect everywhere else. Yeah, and I find that absolutely fascinating. But the good thing about it is, you know, you work on one thing, it will mm-hmm. it will work on most things yeah, as well. Yeah. And it's kind of the same with, like, the gut. Because, remember, a lot of... Well, well it's not too much in the gut a lot is done in the liver but you know if you have poor gut health you're going to have poor conversion rates mm-hmm. um so that can you know lead to hypothyroidism and then in turn hypothyroidism can slow down the motility of the gut you know which then can lead to estrogen dominance because if you know you're constipated and you know you're not having bowel movements every day you're not excreting some of the estrogen metabolites you know in your poo and they can actually be reactivated so again everything is linked there and sometimes you can't tell what came first <laughs> um but again like for most things like gut health is sort of a really good place to start um and Yes, the same with your liver health, because that is where a lot of the conversions do happen of your inactive T4 to the active T3. 
Um, and in this day and age, our liver can really be burdened from all sorts of things, from, you know, medications, from endocrine disruptors, you know, beauty products, household products, plastics, just the environment we live in, just pollution in general. Um, you know, it really can overburden the liver, um, as can alcohol. <laughs> yeah. you know, so that's, you know, that's a big one. And so, again, everything is connected there. Your sex hormones, your gut health, your liver health, your stress levels. And the key thing is, as with any hormonal imbalance, is, is really trying to find what is your root cause. Because all these imbalances, they're symptoms of what's going on inside. So that's where it's useful to get your blood work done, first of all, so you can see. Because, you know... Autoimmune conditions can be a bit tricky um, to diagnose because sometimes the antibodies can be normal, um, but generally they are elevated, and you you can tell that when you if you go to like your GP, um, such as mine told me, just watch and wait, which is the worst advice ever because there's so much you can do even with subclinical hypothyroidism, like. Someone just described it as like hypothyroidism light. You know, you can still be suffering, but, you know, your doctor might be like, but you're within those conventional ranges, you know, off you go. But there's there is so much you can do, as we always say, through, you know, your lifestyle, your nutrition, even your training and then targeted supplementation, you know, and especially for thyroid. Um, so, you know, you really want to manage your training because that is a big stress on your body so i've i've even reduced my training to three times a week um when i've you know when i felt bad um and that's you know that can really help and just not as always doing a ton of junk volume you can still train intensely yeah but just make sure your recovery is absolutely key like leave the hit cardio for now just leave it um, you can still do cardio, like some zone two is good, but the priority is just making sure you can recover and it might not be at the time for you to be pushing any extreme goals. Definitely not dieting. Although saying that sometimes, you know, if it is estrogen dominance, losing weight can be helpful. So, you know, because if you have extra body fat, that can produce more estrogen. But that's where it's useful to work with someone who knows what they're doing, who can help you through that. Mm. Um, but generally, don't you know? A dieting phase is not going to be the thing for you, uh, sadly, if that's what you want. Um, so yeah, really managing your training, nutrition is yeah again not being in a deficit. You and depending on you know your insulin and your blood glucose, you might have to manage your carbohydrates. And then there's certain sort of um, nutrients that the thyroid thrives on, such as selenium, the B vitamins, iron, vitamin E, you know, trying to make sure that you are covering all those from your food, which can sometimes be difficult. Um, but again, that's where, you know, work with someone to help you supplement with that. Um, don't just go taking things because you might not need yeah. those particular ones like if you are and we touched on this before like a vegetarian you might be you know low in your iron your you know your vitamin a your b vitamins and that can actually drive hypothyroidism to being being plant-based if you're not getting enough of those yeah. um so yeah i would i'm not going to name supplements here because i think you should work with someone to, to to know what to up. use for you um but you know in general just working on your nutrient dense diet you know you really want to like with it with any kind of thyroid especially like hypothyroid or autoimmune you want to work on your gut health you want to work on your adrenals and you want to work on your liver like those are the ultimate foundations to you know addressing those issues um, and as we just discussed, they are all interconnected. But those are, you know, three really good places to start. Yeah, I guess this is where, especially for ladies, where blood work comes in handy. You've been training long years and maybe you're not seeing the results you want and you just can't figure out what's happening. I guess for most, checking, checking your thyroid and doing blood work will 
might be able to answer some of the questions you're looking for. Well, definitely. Like, and, you know, there are certain periods of your life, like, you know, during pregnancy or postpartum, mm. where you can develop, you know, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's. That's why I just, you know, encourage, I encourage all my clients postpartum to just get their thyroid checked. Um, you know, one was complaining of cold feet. I was like, well, you know, just go and get it checked. She did. It was, she was subclinical. Um, another one was hyper, which can actually happen during pregnancy as well. Um, and then swing into hypo and into Hashimoto's. So, you know, there's definitely those life stages where you can, you know, it's good, it's good to check. And I think mm. as we've always harped on about, like, especially if you're a woman and you're going to go into comp prep, just get your thyroid checked because if it <laughs> is not optimal, fat loss is going to be so hard for you. Yeah. Not impossible, but really, really hard because your metabolic rate is going to be low and you're going to be dieting off super low calories and actually just making it worse. Yeah. So, you know... And you can help mitigate that also with certain supplements in a dieting phase to support your thyroid. Um, so that's, yeah, if any ladies are listening, like, just just do that. And, I mean, I hate saying just check your thyroid because if you do have an issue, just checking your thyroid is not going to tell you what it is. Um, but at least it can show you that you do have a problem there. And then, you know, if you've got a good coach, they can really, like, dig into your lifestyle training nutrition and be like okay oh wow oh yeah <laughs> you know that makes sense you know you you are like a super highly stressed individual here um with a history of gut health issues you know and you can you can kind of kind of figure it yeah, out from yeah. there but like as we always say if you can do comprehensive blood testing you know do just because as as i've already said it can be sex hormones you know, it can be nutrient deficiencies which will come up in your blood work in just like a, you know, a blood panel. It can be your insulin. It could be your blood glucose. Um, you know, so, you know, you can check your liver because you can see what those enzymes are up to. Because if your liver is struggling, you know, your conversions are going to struggle. So it will definitely help if you can do a full one. But, you know, minimum, and that's like what I do because I have to test, test mine quite regularly, is the TSH, free T3, Free T4. Um, if you're checking it for the first time, I would do the antibodies, you know, just to make sure. Because if it is an autoimmune condition, you do want to address that ASAP yeah. because that can destroy your entire thyroid. That's what it does. You can put the autoimmune conditions into remission. You're never cured, but you can put them mm -hmm. into remission, um, you know, either through your medication, lifestyle training, diet, and supplement target. Su targeted supplementation but you know you want to know that you've got it because if you just leave that watch and wait that's not a good yeah. idea <laughs> never is yeah so i think that's uh, that's <laughs> there's most of my points on that uh, well time yeah. in a nutshell yeah it's, in, uh, it's one of those things where there's a lot people can be doing for themselves proactively to prevent thyroid issue ever coming about you know managing your recovery managing how you actually approach food dieting training you know not cr you know crash diet after crash diet or if you're a competitor going you know constantly competing you know something's got to give um you know so things can be done proactively to prevent it if you do suffer some of the symptoms we discussed but it is a case of, you know, speaking to someone, getting your blood work done initially, but bearing in mind how you actually feel. Your blood work isn't the answer to everything. True. Yeah. But, you know, you need to put that alongside and contextualise it with how you feel. Yeah. A bit yeah. like when you talk about men with testosterone. Your low test isn't one thing to see, but if you're feeling lethargic, et cetera, et cetera. And thyroid's no different. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I think we've we've used many examples as uh, women examples, but I think it also goes for men. You can yeah. also yeah, check yeah. your thyroid. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit easier for men in the sense that you know, we have less plates spinning. Yeah, that's the field. But again, you know, men often get elevated estrogen levels mm. from stress and weight, overconsumption of alcohol, lack of sleep. Yeah. This, you know, weight gain. This then estrogen will 
you know, high usage of them will cause downregulation of thyroid. Yeah, yeah. That's the same with men and everything else. And yeah, so, you know, it is seen, especially as men get older and the testosterone levels start dropping off. And then light you know, lifestyle, like you say, alcohol. Lifestyle, and exactly, on yeah. top of that. So, yeah. you know, for men, especially men approaching, you know, 40, beyond mm. 50, yeah. beyond, you know, there is a, a real, you know, issue with increasing estrogen levels and men matching to your lifestyle. And also the autoimmune conditions. I mean, Leon had a client diagnosed oh, yeah. last year with it. Yes. So Male it, client, it's, actually. You know, often if you... <clears throat> If you have one autoimmune disease, you're going to be susceptible to another. another so again, it's so important to get on top of that. And mm. again, like there is so much that you can do about it. Um, so yeah, gents, definitely, you know, get your thyroid tested too. Because yeah, again, if you know, it, it will be downregulated during a fat loss phase. I mean, the same is going to apply to you, you know, and you, you really want to look after that thyroid. Um, exactly. And, you know, just like Andy said, like preventatively, like just, you know, really supporting your adrenals. Mm. And that's, you know, through managing your stress, you know, making sure you're getting enough minerals, um, you know, like the electrolytes as well, because that is what your adrenals thrive on, like vitamin C, magnesium, potassium. So just making sure that you're getting in all of that, like making sure you have sort of a robust circadian rhythm that, you know, you're you're, you feel sleepy at night, you fall asleep easy, you sleep well. You know, if you're wired and tired at night, you wake up a lot, you know, your circadian rhythm is off. You know, so just, you know, working on that is going to help a lot. And then, like I said, working on your gut health, you know, so sticking to foods that, you know, work for you. Often, if you've got autoimmune conditions, you're just encouraged to, to you know, to quit just dairy and, and gluten because those are very sort of well-known trigger foods. Mm. So generally just identifying your trigger foods, you know, eating things that work well for you as always just trying as best you can to avoid processed foods. Um, Not saying avoid sugar, but just excess sugar. Um, And yeah. Here's the thing with all of this. It's the same advice you give anyone (laughs) for protecting any hormone. (laughs) Like, you know, know, just having the best lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, it's about eating... A healthy, balanced diet, managing stress, getting enough sleep, you know, not over-consuming alcohol, you know, all these lifestyle things, and we've put that for boosting testosterone, naturally. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with protecting any hormone and protecting, you know, uh, things like, it's, it's mainly around control of, you know, um, cortisol a yeah. lot, because high cortisol has a massive knock-on effect for everything from increases cancer risk to every other hormone issue you know so you know if you can treat yourself to the best life for yourself getting enough sleep you know minimal stress exercise but not over exercise eating a full spectrum of food you will have the best you know the best physical life you can you know yeah I hope maybe maybe by now people understand because we've been we've been recording the podcast for long and yeah. hormones are like the, they're your boss they're the center of everything we've talked about them so much and they they control our lives so much so everything you do outside stress uh you know alcohol food it all it affects them so much yeah. so it, it, it's something people should get from a lot of our podcasts like like your your hormones will they're the boss you, hey, yeah you will you will know if something's well, we control wrong. every function of the body so yeah and like, yeah like you and Claire said you know one you can change one thing be it your sleep or how you manage stress and in turn it'll improve everything else slowly but which is which is helpful yeah but but your hormones they 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 they're the boss they 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 run the vessel that is your body and all the systems in it. Yeah, and I mean, another big one there is just managing your blood sugar, keeping it yeah. stable. Because, you know, that's going to have, you know, again, massive knock-on effects. You know, if you are, if you have sort of the crazy, crazy blood roller coaster, you know, you are going to produce more cortisol. I mean, cortisol is such an interesting one 
It's got great usage in the body, but too much of too it. Much, yeah. has too, a lot of a lot of negative effects. Too much of it, and then a hormone called pregnenolone, which oh. goes into progesterone, is then used to make more cortisol instead of producing the progesterone, which then <clears throat> can lead to estrogen dominance. And then also, like you can get the you get another hormone DHEA. So if you are really stressed. You know, that can be very low. And that's what you need to make testosterone and estrogen. So, you know, literally everything is linked here. But if you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know where to start. Like the basics will always prevail. It's amazing, though. Clear mentioned DHA, but we'll talk about it in another episode. In my experimental days, I did try it. And and it, it, I I think I wasn't doing a prep. It was just experimenting. And, yeah, it, it. I felt like, you know, like it felt good, like just being in a in a nice mood and sessions were banging and everything. So, yeah. So you've got to be careful taking DHEA oh, yeah. because you don't know if it's going to convert into estrogen or testosterone. So yeah. you've got to you've got to be careful with this that. Is, it's <laughs> just a story. You always need to have your lifestyle in check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before you take things like that, but yeah. again, big yeah, time, big time. as clear saying, if you can get your basics in line, you'll be halfway on your way to getting. And honestly, yeah, like, if you don't have the basics, sometimes the medication is not going to work. True. And the supplements won't work. Like, truly, get those right first. Always do that. And I think just before we go, like. You need to be an advocate for yourself. And I've found this both through myself and with my clients because honestly, doctors will only test TSH. And that is not enough. Doctors will try to do the most minimal thing for their feet in in, in places. In the UK, with the NHS, with Canada, with all free healthcare, so the same thing. How little can we get away with doing protect costs um reality is you need to find someone who or you know you need to be your biggest advocate but find someone who's willing to support that and not feel like you're always battling you know it's okay to not you know just because you've had the same doctor since childhood it's okay to find a different doctor yeah true (laughs) yeah yeah who's a bit more open-minded even yeah Yeah, that's i mean that's i went to my doctor just because yeah i've always been to them since i was little uh, I was just like, okay, that is not helpful. Um, so minimum, remember your TSH, free T3, free T4, not total. We want free. And then if you can, reverse T3 and the antibodies. And I know here they have to send out for the antibodies and the reverse T3, which is why they're super expensive. But, you know, it is worth worth getting those done. And of course, your, you know, your insurance might cover all of that. If so, then, you know, go comprehensive. And you know, if you live overseas, sometimes you want you might want to go private to do this. If your doctor is just not going to do it, you know, you you go private because, yeah, I've seen a lot of so-called normal TSH, and you know, the person is really suffering from hypothyroid symptoms. So, yeah, be be your own advocate and like have a basic knowledge, like just listening to this podcast of kind of what you know what to expect. You know, especially in terms of your symptoms, and and I know some of those symptoms. You're like, oh yes, 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 <laughs> yes, 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 but they could be related to something else. So that's why it's always it's always good to get tested because, like for me, I didn't really have too many symptoms. Um, like hair loss was my biggest one, um, anxiety, and acid reflux. That's, that's one I didn't message uh, mm. mention for hypothyroidism. Yeah. So. You know, I didn't have the normal ones, which are constipation, like unexplained weight gain, like always feeling cold, um, that kind of thing. So sometimes you don't know. Like I would never have said I had hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. So I'm so lucky that I checked with that. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I just remember like one. I was talking about it yesterday on my Instagram, like just taking your, your temperature can give you a sign into how your thyroid is functioning. So I take my morning temperature anyway, because that's how I track my cycle. That's how I track ovulation. So generally in the second half of your cycle, your temperature is going to rise by about 0.2, 0.5 a degree C as progesterone is the dominant hormone and it is thermogenic and your metabolic rate is increasing. Um, but generally upon waking, you want your 
temperature over 36 degrees Celsius. If it's in the 35s, that could potentially be a sign of hypothyroidism mm. and vice versa. If it's sort of always high, um, like, I mean, especially like if you were a man, like, and mm. your, you know, your t temperature is not sort of has that obvious rise, you know, it could be hyper as well. Because remember, your thyroid controls temperature oh, too. Yeah. So, you know, good good sign of healthy thyroid metabolism, you know, is, is actually sort of that 36, 37 degrees Celsius. Sorry, I don't do Fahrenheit. Yeah, I think that's like 90. I always like to be between 36 and 36.5, I always feel. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess that's the bare minimum if you really value your health. Check get your, your blood sugar yeah. and get your temperature. What, two minutes? You're done? Yeah. It's data that... <laughs> will help you yeah, te yeah. temperature is i think one of those unsung ones because it's it's easy it's it's super easy like i just get yeah. a thermometer from the chemist and if you're a woman it's going to give you it's the only way to confirm that you have Most ovulated. people have them at home for kids like, yeah, uh, kids. yeah. <laughs> like you know you you have a thermometer knocking around with you you see your kids to check they're not sick and choose it yourself yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting I, I love watching the rise, I think, because I'm, I'm usually like a 36.4 in the follicular phase and then up to 37 in the like luteal phase. So, you know, that's that's really good. Mm. So I hope you found this interesting. Um, and yeah, you know, it is thyroid issues are, are becoming even more commonplace. Yeah. Um, and again, like there's more research coming out, like how COVID and how the COVID vaccine has impacted like autoimmune conditions. Um, so yeah, really worth getting your thyroid checked. And I mean, if I could get all my clients to do their thyroid before they began a fat loss phase, I would just because, you know, it just, it gives you so much more insight on how it's going to yeah. go for you. Like if your free T3 is at a nice, like, you know, high threes and the fours, like, you're in a good place and and then in, if you can like do it again after your fat loss phase and just see like you can then see you know metabolic adaptation has occurred like it's one of those concepts you just hear about but you know if, if you look at your blood work you can actually see it so that those would be my suggestions and if you need any help as always on like what blood work to get done where to get it done you know whether you're in Kenya or overseas you can contact any of us um and yeah if you have any other questions about thyroid i am yeah very passionate about it you can always come my way otherwise hope you have a great rest of your day yeah, very well.